welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury, and today I am talking to Brooke Heim. Brooke is an executive operations and business management consultant and a highly sought after relationship and sexual empowerment coach, helping people build better communication and relationships with themselves, their partners and families, and their coworkers and peers. Brooke was sexually abused for much of her childhood, and the pattern of abuse continued into her adulthood. In her late 20s, Brooke made a choice to take back her power and her life, and she has spent more than a decade on a journey of research, growth, and teaching. She has developed courses and content that have benefited people around the world in overcoming trauma, guilt, and shame, and I am so honored to have you here, Brooke. So welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I I am so excited to be here. I loved meeting you in Colorado a couple weeks ago, and I just have been looking forward to this ever since. Yes, Brooke and I met on Clubhouse, and then we took our friendship from the virtual realm into the in-person realm, which was super amazing. And we got to meet face-to-face and hug and talk and connect, and it was really a blessing. So We, at that meeting, we were talking about what we do and we instantly connected and she has such a inspiring story to share. So I wanted her to come on as I know it will be supportive to many, many people. So Brooke, can you tell us how you got into healing trauma and kind of how you got into the space of being a sexual empowerment coach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my journey started when I was quite young. Like I said, um, in my bio, I started um, experiencing sexual trauma at the age of seven. And I experienced about 22 years of trauma um, until I was 29. And I had been attacked by this guy and I left his apartment and it was just this whole thing. I had a boyfriend in another country and I was supposed to have been going to a party, but it wasn't a party. And so I got out of there and I went to my car and I got on my phone and I called like one of the few people that I know. And um, I was telling him the story of what happened and why I was afraid to call the police and I didn't want my boyfriend to find out and like all of the excuses that you get when you're going through something. And he stopped me in the middle of my sentence and he said, Brookie, are you going to continue to be the victim of your life or are you going to do something about it? And like, I had this moment for the first time in my life where I was like, oh, this is the part where it's my choice. This is the moment where I get to make a decision on what happens next instead of allowing everything else to make the decisions for me. And so 
I called the cops and um, he went to jail and ended up going to prison. And, and I started a journey, like looking back on my life of all the things that I'd been through and um, realizing that I may not be in control of other people's actions, but I get to control mine and I get to decide what happens next. And the only person that was going to change the cycle of abuse that I was in was me. There was no one else who was going to do that for me. And so um, I started doing a lot of therapy and a lot of group work. And at 32, I had met my daughter's dad and we were, he had a, a son and we were pregnant with her. And I just looked at my life and my reality with sexuality. And I knew that it had to be different for her. I knew it, that there had to be something better for her. And so I asked my therapist, I was like, okay, so what do we do now? Like I've done the talk therapy, I've done the exercises. I feel good about things, but when I re-engage in sexuality and intimacy with myself or with a partner, it goes dark and it goes to these bad places that I've experienced throughout my whole life. And I was like, well, how do I change that? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's do more talk therapy. And I was like, no, that's not going to work. And so I just started studying and researching a lot about how the mind works and how the body works and how we form habits and we get into patterns and cycles. And I knew from being a musician all through college that when you practice something, those are the results you get, whether it's intentional or imposed into our life. And so for 22 years, intimacy and sexuality had been harmful and tragic and and tra traumatic and, and damaging and so when I would engage in sexuality my mind immediately defaulted to making it bad and dark and separating and this is something that a lot of people have been through trauma in any any realm right our mind forms survival techniques to get us through bad experiences. And then when we encounter other bad experiences, whether it's the same type or not, we revert back to those same survival techniques. And so in order to break them, you have to start physically training your body to have a different response, to have a different outcome. And, and when you put all those pieces together, what it boiled down to was the space in which we form our self-view our self perception, the way that we see everything about ourselves is in our source of creation, which is the same space that we carry sexuality. And the way that we create relationships is based on how we think people see us. And we believe that the world sees us the way that we see ourselves. So when you put all these like crazy pieces together, it's like, oh, well, if I am carrying shame about myself, if I see myself negatively, then I'm going to believe that every other relationship I have sees me that same way. And we take that into everything. We take it into our relationship with money, into our relationship with family and with our partners and with ourselves. the way that we have a relationship with God, like everything is formed around the way that we believe people see us. And so by training my body, training my mind to release those traumas, and to let go of shame, I freed up my mental space to see myself better and to have a really beautiful relationship with myself, which let me have a really beautiful relationship with God, and with my family and with finances and food and everything. It changed everything. And it created opportunities 
that I didn't even believe were possible in the past because suddenly I was capable and I was strong. I was beautiful. And that came through the mental reprogramming and repaving is what they call it, but also physically repaving a new path, giving my body, like going back and visiting old, old experiences with positive intent, carrying myself through them, not as the person who experienced it, but as the person that I am right now, mm-hmm. being able to go back to my younger self and say, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay that this is happening because on the other side, you're strong and you're beautiful and you love people and you're compassionate and kind and these hard things that are happening are not going to harden you. So it's okay. And then it, it, it allows us to have a new outcome and to release all of this pain and to, to do it different. Yeah. So would you say that you were mothering that inner child that had gone through that experience? Yeah. Yeah. There's a part of like, so there's a lot of different healings that I had to do from mothering to fathering, um, having positive relationships with male energy. Um, But a lot of it was just showing, just showing like, when you go back to these experiences, like we all default into thinking we're going back as the person we were when we experienced them, right? You think about it and you think of yourself in that age. And really what it came down to was going back and not thinking of myself as that child, but as me now. And so I go back to those moments then intentionally with mantras and with the idea of manifesting something new. And I say, I'm right here. I know you're there and you're scared, but it's okay because look at, look right here. This is, this is who we get to be together. That's so powerful. And so when you were describing, you know, your healing journey from, from the trauma, what I've heard in terms of sexual trauma, and I don't know if this is how you would describe it, but that you can be disembodied. So you are basically, you know, having sex, but you're not in your body. You're mm-hmm. because your body is no longer a, a feel safe. Right. Was that true for you or how would you describe that? Oh yeah, very much so. And, and that's something that a lot of, like you said, a lot of people experience it to where you are genuinely not connected to your own body and your own experiences and your own feelings. And so that was something that I had to teach myself and, you know, <clears throat> I grew up very religiously in a specific religion um, and the idea of intimacy, which unfortunately has been skewed and taken away from our own self-power, right? Um, I truly believe that God has given us this gift of creation intentionally. And that's not just for procreation. We create from the same source of everything. So we create love, we create music, we create literature and science and everything about ourselves that we are creating and all of the relationships we create are from the same gift and it is ours to use it is ours for intention it's not to be misused or abused but um but we get to use that and so i have been able to use the source like our biggest source of love and creation to reconnect to my body to reconnect to God, to reclaim it for myself. And just like with anything, right? Like we can't tell our partners how to love us if we don't know what it means to us. And we 
if we carry shame around that gift of creation, then we're no longer honoring it. And, and that is not why God gave it to us. And so going through and physically reconnecting with your body in a space of love and appreciation and gratitude, like walking people through um, meditative techniques as far as self-intimacy and self-love are concerned and learning how to be present in their body, which is like our vessel to get through life in. We have to be connected. We have to be able to feel if we're, if we're pushing away pain, we're also pushing away love and goodness and kindness. We have to feel everything. And so training our bodies is important because that's how we reconnect to them. It's how we use these bodies for the, the most that they can be is by being connected. And so learning how to let go of the shame and the trauma and allowing it, giving yourself permission for self-love and intimacy to be okay because it is a connection to God. It's the connection to self. It's a connection to our partners. Um, It allows us to be present with our partners and make it a beautiful experience instead of a traumatic one. Um, That's, it's how we do it. It's through repetition and through having it be a positive experience. Yeah. And I love how you keep saying training our bodies. It's like these are all practices, right? These are all things that you can learn. And I think I, in hearing you talk about the importance of being connected to our bodies, that, that resonates with me so much because first of all, I think everyone has experienced some level of trauma in their life. So I think everyone can relate to that, but so many of us just live in our heads all day long and we don't, and we're not connected to our bodies. And it's interesting as you were talking to, I was thinking about, you know, I've been, a, I have a dance studio business. I've taught people and adults how to dance for a very long time. And people are very disconnected from their body. Like they're very, like if I, if I tell them, you know, lift your left heel off the ground, <laughs> some people are like, I don't even know what that is. Like, seriously, it's yeah. like, we're just not into the body. So I love that you're kind of saying that's the pathway to self-connection, which is then in, in turn connected to all these other sources. Right. Yeah. And so if, if what tools and techniques do you recommend for people who are wanting to have a practice of, of rediscovering or connecting to their bodies? First of all, the most important thing is to give yourself grace, right? Um, You have to allow, because when you get into it, like I talk about it being positive and beautiful and all these things, it's not going to be that way at first. It's really uncomfortable to be alone with your body and to give yourself permission to enjoy it. And you're like, oh, well, this is weird to me. Like, it's something that's always been sneaky or like that you don't talk about or it's frowned on and it shouldn't be. Um, so depending on your comfort, like you have to find your comfort level of what feels good to you with being with your body. If that is just literally just like laying in bed and cuddling a pillow while you are just present with yourself, then that's great. Um, I walk my clients through depending on where they're at, of like just getting in touch, like feeling what it feels like to rub your fingernails on your skin, um, sitting in front of a mirror can be very difficult, (laughs) very like confronting, but really beautiful. So find the the space 
have it be for five minutes a day, have it be 15 minutes a day, like start off small and then digestible steps. Um, and then just start getting familiar with like, what does it feel like to actually connect to my body? What do I like? I like the number one thing to get me to do anything for you is to scratch my back. If you come up and scratch my back, I'm yours. Like, (laughs) and I know that about myself. That's something that I really enjoy. And I think it's because my grandfather used to do it when I would stay at their house when I was really little. And then my mom would do it. And so it's been something that's very nurturing to me. Um, and then you can explore your body further and, and start to do it. I typically try to set an intention for those five minutes or 15 minutes or whatever, however long, um, I can create a mantra to go along with that intention, or I can just like, and this is something that you'll do not at the beginning of it, but when I go back to traumatic events, I have an intention and a mantra for myself to go back and bring myself through it with the mantra of you are strong and you're kind and you love. And those are the things that are important to me to remember that I am strong and that I stay kind and that I love through all of it. And that that's not going to change. And then I can see it and revisit those while physically letting my body have a different positive experience throughout that memory. And it replaces it. It, it transitions it into my, my own power. Wow. That is, that is so incredible because I think a lot of times people have this idea of if, let's say they had that sexual trauma in childhood of, okay, I just have to shut the door on that and just move on. And I have to just, you know, I'm going to be this other person. And, and what you're saying is that the power, the path to freedom, the path to truly reclaiming that sexual empowerment could be to go back into that trauma, but not in reliving it by any means. No, it's like taking your power back and coming in it from a place of safety as, as an observer, as this wise woman who, who has made it to the other side and who can nurture and love that little girl as she's moving through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really powerful. It's also something like if you're just getting into it, um, please talk to someone as you go, like big things come up, right? It's important. Like I, I figured this out and created the system on my own, but through the guidance of my mentor, who is a doctor and has his doctorate and is in family there. Like I had guidance as I was discovering these things. So I wasn't ever truly on my own. Um, and That's it's huge. important as you go through these things, you're going back to your younger self because she needs to not be alone and you need to not be alone. So have, have guidance, have, reach out to someone, to me or to a therapist or whatever. Um, it's a beautiful process, but you, it is something to be careful with, right? Mm-hmm. So that you don't get stuck in something that's too big for you or too scary, or that you just need support in like, Like we say on the social media show all the time, like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And this is one of those spaces where it is important. Um, I have a four-step process for going through experiences safely um, that I would love to share if you're open to it. Yes, we would love to hear those. (laughs) So it's an acronym of the word safe, actually. So it, it stands for creating safe spaces as you go through things. So 
And this is part of why being connected to our bodies is so important is that our bodies always have a physical reaction before we have an, an emotional reaction. So if we are getting triggered and we can recognize that, oh, my whole body just went like this, which means that something is about to come up, then I can be like mentally ready to experience it rather than push it away. And so that's part of why, like our connection to our body is really important because our bodies always react first. So we want to create new experiences in our future. We have to recognize the physical so that we can change those instead of getting caught up into it and going into a pattern. And um, that, that I feel like takes so much practice. And I feel like as a mother of two young kids, I'm really that practice. I'm still, I'm still trying to kind of catch the physical signals earlier before I escalate, you know, yeah. or I lose my patience, but it's so true what you said. It's like, if I can notice, like my heart is racing, I'm getting really warm. I'm, I'm feel like I'm pacing around, you know, our bodies give us these signals. So I think that's a huge part of the practice and yeah. having that self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. And so the first step of safe is to see, see what is happening, recognize in your body that something is about to happen and you see it and you go, Oh, okay. I see you. I see that this is about to happen. So I'm going to breathe into it to where it's physically starting to happen. So I can start to like regulate my breath. And then the next step a stands for accept. So you see that something is happening and then you just accept it as it is without judgment, without shooting on it, without saying, oh, well, I shouldn't feel this way or I should feel that way or I need to be doing something else right now. We don't do any of that. You see it and you say, okay, I feel angry. I feel triggered. I feel anxious or frustrated or happy. Like you can even start to recognize the good things too. So you see it and you just accept it. And after you accept it, you breathe in deep to wherever you're feeling it, you let it go. And you do that a few more times until the sensation in your body physically dissipates and gives you back control. But until you do that, you don't think about it. That hypervigilance that you were talking about of going into our heads, it's hypervigilance. It's a, it's a a safety mechanism, but it is either deflecting into the past or into the future. It takes you away from being present. And what you have to do is stay present. So you see it, you accept it. And the next step is to face it. You turn and you look at it and you say, okay, where is this coming from? Now that I've felt it and released it, we go into what we call the meta emotion. And that's how we feel about what we're feeling. So you never judge the feeling. You think about it later in your meta emotions. And so that's, where is this coming from? Why is it still coming up? What do I have to learn still? Like, what can I take from this experience and go and examine more? And then the last step is where do I want to go in the future? What are my next steps? Now that I've seen it and accepted it and faced it and felt it, what is my next steps? Do I want to feel this way again? Am I going to learn from this what I'm supposed to learn? Or am I going to be a little bit more stubborn? Sometimes you might be more stubborn. And again, that's okay. Don't judge it. <laughs> like You handle what you can. And then the last step, um, after you think through those things, 
after feeling it first and then thinking, then you can engage with yourself and just be really nice and have a lot of gratitude physically, like hug yourself and give yourself kindness for, for getting through it, for being here, being able to recognize that something is happening and being able to process it instead of hiding it or, or sheltering it inside of you, you're letting it go. And those steps can take 30 to 90 seconds, right? You can, you can, oh, Okay. oh, I see what's going on and I'm going to go forward. Or it can take an hour, right? Uh, one of my clients called me and she was like, oh my gosh, I work at this place. There's all these truckers. And this guy came in and he was like, hey, sweetie. And I was like, oh, and I felt it and I let it go. And then I was like, why does it bother me that he's calling me sweetie? He thinks it's a nice thing. You know what? It really doesn't affect me at all. And then she went on with her day and it was done. Instead of harboring it all day and being like, oh my gosh, why would he do that? And doesn't he like you can get caught in a cycle if you don't process it. And so that's where the power comes from in it. And so as you go into these experiences and you're revisiting things, if stuff comes up that's too big, that's too much, go through the safe process really quickly and reset and then move into a new space, but don't hide from it. Don't like push it down. Don't let it fester inside of you more. Just accept, okay, I'm feeling this. It's okay that I'm feeling this. And I may not even be able to process it yet. And that's all right. So I'm just going to go forward. And then it releases. I love that process because it seems like you're not, you're really holding safe, a safe space for yourself. And you're not putting a lot of pressure on yourself to get the specific outcome either. You know, you're, you're really, you're taking your power back and you're holding space for everything. Yeah. That's that. Wow. That's really powerful. I love that. And so in terms of where you're at now, in terms of how you feel from sexual trauma and feeling empowered sexually, like what is, what has changed for you? Like, how do you, do you feel like do things still come up for you or do you you feel like, I don't know if you could paint the picture of. Yeah. Um, So I, I mean, I've been doing this work for a really long time, right? My daughter is 10 and I started it a few years before she was born. Um, And I will still have things come up from time to time. And it just depends for the most part. I don't, for the most part, like, I'm really down (laughs) with myself (laughs) and it leaves me feeling very empowered and very um, free when it comes to being with my partner and with the life that we have. Um, I used to not be able to sleep. Um, I couldn't ever have someone come into a room if I didn't know they were going to be coming in, if I was sleeping or like come up behind me, those were things that were really hard for me that now aren't. But it took a lot of work, a lot of repetition um, for where I'm at right now. Like, I love people. I love embracing people. I love hugging. Like when we hugged at the conference, I love being with people. But I also give myself permission to not like (laughs) if there are certain people that give me a vibe, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that they are anything. It just means there's something similar about them that is like familiar to me in a way that I don't appreciate. Mm. And so I, 
don't hug people that I don't want to. And I don't embrace with people that I don't want to. I have a lot of love and a lot of freedom in my life. And um, it's all by design. And if I'm not feeling it either with myself or with my partner, or um, I also am on the autism spectrum. And so there's times when I just get overwhelmed and I have to explain even to my daughter, like mama doesn't want you to not be around her right now. Mama just needs some space from everything right now. So I'm going to take a minute and then I will hold you and then I will love you. And it's, it's a learning space for her as well. Unfortunately, like I hate it, but she's had to learn that it's not personal and that sometimes people need their own space and it has nothing to do with her and that she gets to take the same space for herself. So. Yeah. And how beautiful that you can model that for her, that you can model asking for what you need and that she, she too can ask for what she needs. Yeah. 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 I love that. So to kind of close, one of the things that I've noticed in working with women is a lot of us have blocks around receiving pleasure and that can be sexual pleasure. That can be receiving compliments. So I would love to hear kind of your reflection on why you think that is and how as women, we can step into the energy of receiving and celebrating our own pleasure. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to understand transgenerational work, right? Even just visually, and it's not getting into the DNA, like we carry things with us in our DNA, they've scientifically proven for three generations. Um, my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother, they didn't have the luxury or the space to think about themselves first and to have their, like what they were doing be for their own pleasure. Um, we are taught to serve, we're taught to be subservient, um, sometimes not even intentionally. It's just like, this is just the patriarchal society that we live in. And I'm not saying the patriarchy. I'm just saying there's, there's been a, a cultural programming where the wife did need to take care of the house. Um, and during the depression, there were so much responsibilities on her and there was no pleasure. There wasn't very much joy. There wasn't time to just sit and love. And, and you hear these love stories that still happen. And I think that's why they stand out so much is because it wasn't what everyone was seeing. And so we have to give ourselves permission to receive joy, to have it be okay. And to understand that like, I got really far when I was younger in my life out of like sheer obstinance and stubbornness. Like I was just going to like push my way through it. But that only got me so far. You can only plow forward for so long until you realize that you will go farther in love and you will go further in joy and you will go further together when you are connected to people instead of pushing them apart to get through them. And so we have to give ourselves permission to enjoy and for pleasure to be ours, but then also give yourself permission to like explore and recognize your own individual balance of masculine and feminine energy. That is a huge part of it. It's because our masculine energy is our pleasure receptor, right? It is programmed just like all men to receive pleasure and joy and to have fun with that and allowing our feminine energy to like 
be protected by our masculine energy, to be able to, to be open and free and soft without being afraid of being hurt and to receive pleasure in that area as well. It really is this beautiful combining of your own specific energies and deciding what it means to you and how it means to feel pleasure. My daughter was talking to me and she was like, some of her friends were talking about gender and these different things. And I said, well, honey, you know, like we know male and female, we know these different things, but really each person is individual. And, and I've had times when I never wanted to wear a dress and I have times where I love getting dressed up and being pretty. And like, it just, you get to figure out who you are and all you need to worry about is just being you. And then you're going to be fine. And that is however it feels right inside of you. Just go forward with, with that. And it's true. Like when we allow our masculine energy to be honored inside of us, then it protects that feminine energy and allows it to receive and enjoy and its own space. Oh, this is so, so incredible. I, yeah, it's interesting. I love how you said about how we all receive pleasure in different ways, because I think part of living in this time of social media and we compare ourselves to other people all the time. And so we might see a woman that we think is super sexual and she's having orgasms every day. And we're, we're just like telling, making up this whole story about how we should be experiencing our pleasure and we should be doing all and it's the shooting ourselves. Right. And so I love how the reframe is what brings you pleasure, you know, and, and that can be unique to you and you don't have to fit into, there's no pleasure box here, you know, (laughs) although yeah. There's, there's a joke we can make about that, but yeah, you could find one, <laughs> but, but you can create pleasure, you know, pleasure is unique to you. And I, I love that so much. And I, and I, I do believe too, that we, we can't expect just in thinking about being in relationship with our partner sexually, how can we expect them to give us pleasure if we can't give ourselves pleasure, right? Like that's really hard. So I love that you, I love how you kind of reframe that. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, if your body has had trauma, you have to train it how to do something different. Like if you've learned to play the piano wrong and you always cross your fingers the wrong way, it's not going to change just because you know, you shouldn't do it that way. It's going to change when you train it to have a different memory, muscle memory. And so that's part of why it's so important. And, and when we talk about our individual desires and and what gives us pleasure. I think it's important. A lot of people talk about balance, right? We need to be in balance in our life and we need to have a balance of our masculine and feminine and these different things. And that automatically in our minds, it it draws a picture of 50, 50, and that's just not it. So like, don't get stuck on that. I tell people to be in alignment with their energy because if you're in balance, that means you're not moving. It means you can't, nothing can happen or you're going to be off balance. But if you're in alignment with it, if you know where like all your chakras align and where your energy aligns and what feels good to you, you can run a marathon and it's not going to change. It's going to be stronger and it's going to keep you centered and it's going to keep you connected because you're in alignment, not being worried about being out of balance. So figure out 
where your mix is and what it is for you. It could be, I have a very like low level of feminine hormones and a very high level of testosterone in my body. I, it's just where my body sits and that's fine. There's a lot of things that I really benefit from that on. And the only way that I don't benefit is if I'm judging myself for not being more girly and more frilly and more, 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 like all that's doing is taking away from me. So find your own alignment and live in it. Beautiful. Absolutely. So Brooke, this has been lovely. If people want to find out more about you, if they want to work with you, where can they find you? So I am at brookheim.com. So it's B-R-O-O-K-E-H-E-Y-M.com. And you can reach out to me there. Um, I do free uncovery sessions. So you can come and just get an idea and um, ask any questions, field things like that. Um, I am also on all of the social medias as Brookheim on Clubhouse, on uh, the new green room. I haven't even figured that out yet. Instagram, Facebook, everything is Brookheim except for Twitter. Um, which is prudent views because I thought I was funny when my daughter was little. So that's where you can find me and I would love to help or give resources or whatever, whatever is useful. Thank you, Brooke. This has been so incredible. I love chatting with you and I can't wait till we can connect again soon. Me too. Thank you so much. Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. And be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time.